0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father Son Packers Podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by my co host, my dad Matt. Dad, how are you doing? All right. Watched uh, Thursday Night Football
1: while working on the podcast. Watched the little Bucks preseason opener. It's Preseason. Season
0: opener. Watched the Bucks and the Bucks. The little double ups. Yes. Yes. A little yes. Double up the only on thing Thursday we were missing night.
1: are the uh, um, Pittsburgh Pirates to get Bucks, Bucks, and Bucks.
0: Well, that's true. I didn't Did even think know? about that one. No, I didn't know yeah. that. didn't know Bucks. Could tripled up on Bucks. We are here today on the evening of Thursday, October twenty sixth, to preview the Packers upcoming matchup against the division rival Minnesota Vikings. Got a lot to talk about here, Dad. Uh exciting. Uh, you know, maybe not super exciting after the last couple of games, but we're gonna get up for it either way. We're gonna get we're gonna get, you know, all of our juices flowing for this pregame, even though Maybe hope springs eternal or despair springs eternal or something. Something springs eternal. You know, we'll just, we're going to keep coming back here every week, giving you pregames and postgames with the same amount of energy. The beatings Uh, will
1: continue until morale improves.
0: Yes. And morale was, morale was low (laughs) after last (laughs) postgame after that loss to the Broncos. Morale (laughs) did not improve from the last game. Not even a little, but yes, we got a lot to talk about in this preview with the Vikings matchup coming this Sunday. But before we do, just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear here today, Come give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out statistics we find interesting uh, when we have new episodes out, uh, pieces of information in terms of like news, et cetera, et cetera. Um, articles we find interesting, videos we find interesting, pretty much one-stop shopping for everything going on in Titletown. And then come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube as well. If you give us a subscribe there, we'd really appreciate it. It would really help our numbers. But, Dad... Let's get into this preview for the game, but let's start with some news and notes for the Packers. Um, Really only one piece of news going on. Unfortunately, it is injury-related and roster-related. The Packers have placed both safety Darnell Savage and corner Eric Stokes on IR. Signing corner Corey Ballantyne uh, from the practice squad to the active roster, and then signing corner Robert Rochelle from the Panthers practice squad to the active roster. Dad, tough luck uh, for both Savage and, and Stokes, but especially for Stokes, because... You know, first game back that... last weekend, and then just immediately hamstring injury IR. They say yeah, they expect, that... they say they expect him to make a return at some point this year, at least, but not great. Bad enough hamstring injury to go back on IR, and what do you get? Like four special team snaps or something like that. Yeah, that I... really sucks. I I don't That's... know why I don't know why he's a gunner on the punt team when he has a bad hamstring and a bad leg, but. Here we are. I was thinking about this today. We are. I was like, you know, giving the the coaching staff a hard time about why would you do this.
1: And I'm thinking, as a corner, he'd also have to sprint downfield.
0: I guess, just, but he's getting but warmed either up. Either way, it's, it's like because when it's when you're a gunner on the punt team, like, and you're on defense, you've been on the bench, and you're coming off the bench cold into a dead sprint for 50 yards, just like yeah, that it cannot. seemed like a bad idea. Yeah, and it's easy to say that when the result is this. You know, it's a bit of like kind of just going based on you know what happened well, and maybe i could say it was a bad idea even if it didn't get hurt and just say you lucked out yeah that's true i know it's just not great and then savage on ir um looks like jonathan owens is going to start in this place um and then let's move on to the injury report dad since we're already kind of talking about some injuries um it's pretty lengthy for the packers and that's part of the reason that they i know yeah and it's part of the reason that they decided to add two corners to the active roster is that Uh, J.R. Alexander is day-to-day, Matt LaFleur said, but let's just read off the injury report. Um, This is Thursday, so we don't have officially out-questionable, etc. designations, but we do have their practice um, participations. Uh, For the Vikings, we'll start off with them. They only have four players on the report. Uh, First is Brian Asamoah, a linebacker who has not participated Wednesday or Thursday with an ankle injury. Second is Ezra Cleveland, one of their starting guards with a foot injury, was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. TJ Hawkinson, tight end, also with a foot injury, didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, um, although that was an estimation they didn't have an official practice that day, and he was a limited participant on Thursday, so he's trending up. And then Jalen Naylor, wide receiver, uh, hamstring injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Packers, on the other hand, this one's going to take a little bit longer. J.R. Alexander, like we said, Matt LaFleur said he's day-to-day with that back injury that kept him out of the last game. He was limited on Wednesday, but then he didn't practice on Thursday, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Zane Anderson, safety, with a hamstring injury, full participant both Wednesday and Thursday. Devontree Campbell, linebacker, ankle, limited on both Wednesday and Thursday. It sounds like there's optimism that he's going to make his return this week, which would be good for the Packers. Uh, Elton Jenkins with knee injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Aaron Jones, hamstring, didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, but was a limited participant on Thursday. Luke Musgrave ankle injury didn't participate in practice on Wednesday or Thursday. And based on some quotes that Matt LaFleur had about Tucker craft having to be ready to go, it kind of sounds like there is not a whole lot of optimism with him being ready for this weekend. Josh Myers ankle injury didn't participate in practice on Wednesday was limited on Thursday. Remember he sustained this injury in the last game. I had to come out for a little bit. They moved Zach Tom to center and then he came back in. So if Myers were to miss this game, expect Tom to move to center. I would imagine, uh, Josh Nyman, tackle, knee injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Preston Smith popped up uh, on Thursday with an illness. He was not listed on the injury report on Wednesday, but did not participate in practice on Thursday. Hopefully there's not something going around because the Packers could ill afford, pun intended, to be missing more players this weekend. Christian Watson, wide receiver, knee injury, full participant both Wednesday and Thursday, which is some really good news because there was some speculation that he might miss this week, and it'll be good to have him back. Devontae Wyatt. Also pretty good news, the fact that he was a limited participant Wednesday and Thursday, given the fact that he was carted off on Sunday, and I was kind of worried for him. But remember, he was also questionable coming into the game last week, so it sounds like that same knee has been bugging him, but at least it's nothing major. Dad, that was a long one again. Any thoughts? So
1: I say the Jair news is kind of um, worrisome since he went backwards. We do have some players trending in a better direction, like the Wyatt. And Watson thing, I think people were expecting multiple weeks for them of it being carted off in the way Watson looked after them. People were speculating that he might miss a couple of weeks. And they went straight to full participation. Um The Preston, well, that, that's just uh illness. So hopefully it doesn't last too long. Um Myers is trending in the right direction, going from DNP to limited. Um, and Aaron Jones as well. We'll see. though. We had this like... DNP Limited, DNP Limited, bouncing back and forth for quite a quite a long time now. Yeah, it's, um, it's Campbell. Been... Campbell's uh, improving would make a big difference in the defense if he's able to be in there. The difference between him and uh, McDuffie is is large. Yeah, I think McDuffie's been okay. He's, he's, been fine. he's done. He's done. I think all that we could expect of him, and probably a little bit more, because his tackling has been relatively good. But he's he's he, just not as good a player. He's,
0: he's just not as good a player as Campbell is. Yeah, and it's, it's too. He's small. He's smaller, and he's not as good a player. Which, but yeah, I I, I would just want to say like I, I feel like McDuffie's done a pretty good job. Um, the only yeah. thing I was going to ask was uh, Jair Alexander out. Uh, do you think they go Carrington Valentine or Corey Valentine in this next game at corner? If if Jair doesn't play, that is. I'm guessing they'll go Valentine. I'm thinking so too. Corey Valentine uh, Valentine is a very – sorry, not Corey Valentine. Carrington Valentine had a pretty rough go of it against the Broncos. He had a really good preseason, um, but I think they they might be going Valentine in this next one. They were going after him intentionally. Yeah, Cortland Sutton was giving him a lot of problems on the outside. And, you know, he's a rookie seventh-round pick. Um, I I almost feel like – I feel like they should go Valentine because – to me, right now, they're already playing a worse player in Rashid Walker over Yash Naim for development purposes. If you're going to do that there, you might as well just do it other places too. I mean, I don't know. They're, I, not, I don't, being, they're not being consistent. No. Yeah, and so I'm, I would imagine Valentine, but the fact that they signed Valentine and Rochelle to the active roster, I think maybe they weren't exactly super happy with how Carrington Valentine played in this last game. That valentine Valentine thing is going to be so tough for audio platforms. Like just the well, rest of the year. It's good thing we don't have an Anthony Johnson and Anthony Johnson on this on the same team as well. Not yet. Practice squad doesn't count. <laughs> if we say Anthony Johnson, assume we're talking about the one on the active roster until they're both there. Um, but yeah, so that's the he'll injury. probably he'll,
1: he'll probably get elevated. The other one will probably get elevated this week. Just we so, just a so, probably we'll have I Valentine,
0: mean, Valentine Valentine Johnson and Johnson all, they need, all on the field at the same time. They they might need the corners honestly. They, they definitely could. But that has been the injury report for the Packers and the and the Vikings. It's not great. Um, but, Dad, let's move into the rest of the... Oh, and the other thing, actually, I forgot to mention is for the Vikings, remember that Justin Jefferson will still be on IR for this game. So he's not in the injury yeah. report, but he won't be playing, um, which is Yeah, pretty... Joe
1: Barry asked just to make sure. Hey, yeah,
0: is Jeff, Justin Jefferson he's, still on IR? He was like, he's still in the IR, right? It's like, okay, thank goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, it's so that would that'll at least make this matchup a little bit easier. But, Dad, let's get into this matchup and talk a bit about it for the meat of our game preview. And let's start with some quick facts. This game will be in Green Bay, noon local time. And it honestly might be kind of miserable out. According to the Weather Channel, it is supposed to be a nice forty-two degrees with a twenty-four percent chance of precipitation. So that's pretty. We're just going south fast, isn't it? Wasn't it like in the seventies? Uh, well, do you just... hear what Rich? You hear what Rich Passaccia said today about the weather? No, I missed it. He said, "If you don't," he said, "One thing I've learned uh, being in Green Bay is if you don't like the weather, uh, wait five minutes because it'll change. Don't, it'll
1: change." I've yeah. heard that said about Wisconsin uh, in the past.
0: But yes, but so. Not, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not to, a the great... high is going to drop like 30 degrees maybe since yesterday till Sunday. Yeah, it's supposed to be cold and possibly rainy. Well, 42 isn't cold, but if it rains, it's going to be miserable. Um, but yeah, and then Vikings are favored by one and a half points uh, with an over under 41 and a half, so an implied result of around 21 to 20 Vikings. Um, so yeah, favored in Lambeau, not entirely surprising after the past two games for the Packers have not been in totally inspiring. Um, but, Dad, let's go into the rest of our preview uh, and start with keeping up with the Joneses, uh, not talking about Aaron and Caleb. And this is just kind of how the season has been going for the Vikings so far. For the season, they are 3-4, and four, second in the NFC North. They started 0-3, but have won three of their last four, including an impressive win uh, last week on Monday Night Football against the 49ers. So, you know, maybe maybe coming in and having a letdown game after, after a pretty big win, hopefully. Uh, they are coming in on slightly lesser rest as well. Um, they overall have a point differential of just negative one. Uh, they're averaging uh, one total on the year. Oh, Um, oh, not
1: average. Sorry. The negative one is, is total number of points, total number of points,
0: total point differential of negative one on the year. Uh, they're averaging about 21.6 points per game on offense and allowing 21.7 points per game on defense, which is probably why you, you thought it was a negative point one. Um, on offense by DVOA, they are 14th overall, 14th for the pass, 24th for uh, running the football. So, uh, pretty average offense with a slight, with a below average run offense. Um, and then on defense by DVOA, they are 15th overall, 16th against the pass, and 12th against the run. So, you know, kind of right about middle of the pack. Does it get any more middle of the pack than those numbers? Uh, they could have had talk a more, about an average team. They could have had I a more middle of
1: the pack run offense. Their, their run or, their, or their, 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 yeah, their run offense is 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 low. Yeah, this is true.
0: But uh, yeah, pretty middle so of the pack. Th- they're on the lower side of meh. Yeah, but we're on the lower side of lower side of, we are, of we meh. Look, we're looking up at meh. Yeah, meh. we are right now. It's, it's not great. Um, but uh, that's kind of keeping up with the Joneses. That's just a brief overview of what's going on with the Vikings. But let's move into some more descriptive sections. And let's start with Hey Now Play Nice, which I know is your favorite. Uh say something nice about the Vikings. Uh they they've they like I said they just came off a pretty good win. Their other wins are against the Panthers and the Bears, so not as inspiring, but beating the beating the Niners on Monday night is pretty impressive. Uh and they they kind of took it to the Niners a little bit. But dad, what what are some things that you can say nice about the Vikings? I know it's extra hard when it's a division rival. <laughs> so what I it says
1: I think they still have some good Um, weapons on offense even with Jefferson out so Jordan Addison the rookie really broke out against San Francisco with seven catches on 10 targets for 123 yards and two touchdowns right now he's fourth in the league among rookie wide receivers with 400 yards receiving and he's first among rookie wide receivers with six TDs Hawkinson, their tight end that they got from Detroit, is second in the league among tight ends with 47 receptions and 390 yards, trailing only Travis Kelsey for both of those stats. And I think their running back pass catching is also starting to maybe round form. So it kind of depends on what they do. Right now, Akers is seems to be taking more of the work from Alexander Madison. Um this past week. Akers had 27 snaps to Madison's 37. And week and two weeks ago, Akers only had nine to Madison's 45. Now, Akers has the third-best running back receiving grade per PFF for all running backs with at least five catches. And then, I guess, his, his backup, Ty Chandler, is just behind him at uh, fourth-best. And they may continue to get more work as pass-catching backs, meaning there'll be more of a problem for the Packers to um, cover as receivers if they take more from Madison who has five drops on the season
0: Ooh, and which may mean that
1: his playing time will continue to drop.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely don't want to see five drops from your running back when they're not even getting right. that many targets. Uh, for So me, I think that they have actually, even without Jefferson, they have good pass catchers at receiver
1: tight end and running back that they'll be able to spread the ball around too.
0: Yeah, the positive that I had was also on the offensive side of the ball, and that was that their offensive line is quite good, especially at tackle. They're coming off a game against a pretty vaunted um, Niners defensive line where they didn't allow a single sack on the evening. Uh, Christian Derisaw, their left tackle, is the number one overall graded offensive lineman at any position by PFF. Uh, he is fifth in run blocking amongst all offensive linemen and second in pass blocking amongst all offensive linemen, uh, playing at least 50% of snaps is the cutoff. Um he has allowed only 11 pressures and only one sack through six games, although he has allowed uh, a league-high seven hits, um, which is just something to, to think about there. But, you know, overall, he's been very good this year for them. Um, Brian O'Neill, their right tackle, is the is PFF's eighth-highest-graded tackle, uh, third amongst qualifying tackles in run blocking, 22nd amongst qualifying tackles in pass blocking. Uh, he's allowed just 14 pressures in one sack through seven games. Um, and then Ezra yeah. Cleveland... Can I just, uh, like, throw out one more little thing in there? Sure.
1: You with um and then by by ESPN, O'Neal is their
0: number one um offensive tackle for pass block win rate. Yeah. They, they got some the good ESPN bookends. Metrics. They've got some quality bookends right now. And then Ezra Cleveland, uh their guard who we talked about is on the injury report, is PFF's, PFF's ninth highest graded guard on the year, eighth highest graded run blocking, tenth highest graded pass blocking. So they've got some decent offensive linemen coming through. Um, especially on those edges. And we kind of saw it in that game against San Francisco where they were able to keep uh, Kirk clean for most of the game. But uh, that's, hey, now, play nice. Let's move on to some things where this next section is, I'm nervous about blank. And this is kind of where we talk about some things that the Vikings might do well that are specifically maybe problematic for the Packers to deal with. And I'll throw it over to you to go first. Um, go Go ahead and take this over. Okay, so some vulnerabilities. so
1: right now by DVOA Green Bay is 29th in the league in covering wide receiver ones and 22nd in recovery in covering running backs as pass catchers so the were vikings may are we sure
0: we are that good it's kind of hard well
1: i i didn't actually look to see who who's uh you know behind us in that ranking is it, maybe it's like you know prairie view a&m or something Yeah, I don't know who they've included in this ranking, but uh, but those are two areas where we just talk about the the Vikings have some strengths even without Jefferson. So two areas where I think, um, especially if Addison continues his hot play, the Vikings may be able to exploit uh, the Packers defense. Um, You know, when you compare that, his big week last week came against San Francisco, who is ninth best in covering wide receiver ones, and I think you could say that, safe to say that Addison was their wide receiver one last week with while Jefferson's out and seems to be moving in that trending in that direction um, for the, for the foreseeable future until Jefferson comes back.
0: Yeah. One um, thing on that, on the Addison totals from last week is a lot of that did come on one play, but yes, those there's one a plays, yarder. yeah, those one plays do still count. Those, the, they go in this, the box score, but they're, just something they're, to keep their yards. You need to gain to get to the end zone. Yep. And he scored a touchdown on that play. So, you know, it yeah. was the swing in the game and he, it, it was the difference. and he ripped it away from the defender. Yeah. But just
1: something to, you know, keep in mind. So I'm going to give that one to Addison and not to Cousins.
0: Fair enough. enough.
1: Touchdown for Addison, but not a touchdown for Cousins. Plus, you know, the other thing is that, uh, just thinking about the pass catchers in general, Minnesota also at Hawkinson had a big game against San Francisco as well. It was 125 yards or something. I can't remember the number. Um, Despite going against San Francisco, who is the second best by DVOA in covering tight ends, in contrast to Green Bay, who's 13th. So that doesn't exactly bode well either.
0: Yeah, he was he was giving their linebackers, who are probably the best linebacker duo in the country with, or sorry, in the I don't know why I said it like like NCAA football in the league in uh, Fred <laughs> Warner and Drake Greenlaw. Although Drake, Drake Greenlaw was playing a little bit hurt, but he was giving them fits. They were having a really hard time guarding him. Yeah. So another thing, should I do mine? Or do you want to? I'll I'll keep going because I got. Yeah, whole go whole ahead. and go ahead and finish them up,
1: and I'll say mine. I'll run through. Um, also, I'm worried about whoever is in the slot against Keyshawn Nixon. Last game, Powell lined up for the Minnesota most, the most in the slot. It was 26. Had a receiving grade of 75. And Hawkinson and Addison were next with 10 and 9 snaps each. And they both had receiving grades over 80. While Nixon's coverage grade in the slot is below average at 58.9 for the year. And his tackling grade for the year is a abysmal 28.7.
0: Oh, that's pretty rough. So
1: I'm a little worried about You know, him getting burned and then giving up Yak. Green Bay is also third to last by DVOA in covering deep passes. And Cousins currently has a perfect passer rating of 158.3 to the deep center, probably because of that 60-yard touchdown he threw to that. He ended up getting to Addison. And so that's even more worrisome, I think, with
0: Savage out. Yeah. Um, I have not been particularly inspired in the snaps I've seen from Owens in preseason, at least, I was not particularly inspired. So, and then the other thing, but though I will say on the plus of that, I don't think Cousins throws deep very
1: often. So, you know, to count that, his dot is only 27th of the league at average depth of target at 7.7 yards. So, maybe, even if we're weak, we won't have to, you know, face it that many times. We'll see. Fingers many. crossed, because
0: it's going to be there for him, I think, if he wants it. For me, or did you oh, have anything else? Oh, I, I, I've, I've still got more. You're very nervous, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota's run
1: blocking against Green Bay's run D. By PFF, Minnesota is number one in run blocking, though they're only 12th in ESPN's run block win rate. Um, now, if you compare this to Green Bay's run defense, they're 20th by PFF and 21st in run stop win rate by ESPN. So, And then another running metric uh, by DVOA, Minnesota is second in adjusted Line yards on offense, while Green Bay is 26th in defensive adjusted line yards
0: so I can't, I can't imagine how long this nervous section's going to be when we play the chiefs. I mean, <laughs> my goodness, like we, we might be here for an hour, but yeah it, there's, there's a lot of matchups and I mean there's a reason Minnesota is favored on the road against Green Bay, like that they, they are so they are matching up well against the Packers. they have in a lot some of
1: ways. strengths against some of our weaknesses, but they're not a good team I mean they're an unbalanced team. Yeah. You might Uh, notice that all of the things I'm nervous about had nothing to do with Minnesota's
0: defense. Well, mine actually does. uh, Interestingly Ah. is Minnesota's defense. And specifically uh, what I am nervous about is the way that Brian Flores is currently coordinating uh, this defense. Uh, He's a very good defensive coordinator and I'm just worried about him being able to cause confusion for love. Um, He's coaching his ass off right now in terms of doing more with less um, and he's really switching it up a lot. So this is according to Ben Solak of The Ringer on the podcast Extra Point Taken, which is a great podcast that everyone should listen to. Um, but currently, the Vikings lead the league in rush 7 rate, rush 6 rate, and rush 5 rate. And they lead the league in percentage of snaps rushing with a defensive back in the rush. So they are blitzing a ton. They are sending the house all the time. They're sending people from everywhere. So, But... Lots of corner, blitz, corner blitzes and safety blitzes. Lots of corner blitzes, lots of safety blitzes. Like we said, leading the league in sending defensive backs or percentage of snaps sending defensive backs um, and leading the league in sending extra guys. But interestingly enough, they also lead the league in rush three, drop eight. So, so they, they never are, rush four? I guess <laughs> never. They must never rush four because they're either sending extra guys or dropping everyone into coverage. And it gave Brock Purdy of San Francisco a lot of problems. He was not seeing the field well in that game. And just the variety with which that they are, that Brian Flores is dialing up the defense right now, I could see causing Love problems because they're bringing these guys up to the line and then they're dropping them all back or they're sending them from everywhere. They're sending them from depth. It's, it's the type of defense where he's like pulling a lot of levers right now. And it's probably going to be hard for a young quarterback to keep up with. And in terms of what that specifically means for the Packers, this is according to Connor Allen on Twitter, uh, amongst 34 co- qualifying quarterbacks, Jordan Love against the Blitz, is 31st in completion percentage, 33rd in adjusted completion rate, and 21st in yards per attempt. So he has not been great against the Blitz this year. Um, So that is something that I am a bit nervous about, uh, the way that they're dialing up that defense in terms of it being a lot of varied looks, um, which might be complex for a first-year quarterback to be dealing with. Uh, Dad, let's move on, though, to our next section, which might be a little bit cheerier. Uh, and that's exploitable weaknesses of the Vikings. Um, they're not a perfect team. Like we said, they started at and 3 Besides the win against the Niners, their other two wins, the Panthers and Bears, are not particularly inspiring. But, Dad, what are, do you think some weaknesses that the Vikings have that the Packers could maybe pick at?
1: Okay, so overall, their interior offensive line is not as good as their two offensive tackles. As you mentioned, they're both... Highly rated for their blocking at at, at uh, their their bookends, Ingram at right guard in particular seems to be the weak the weak link the weak link in pass pro with only a thirty four point four PFF grade in 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 uh, pass blocking in true pass sets. So I think either you know Kenny Clark or wide if he plays should be able to get pressure on passing downs from the inside. Minnesota's also 20th in defending pass-catching running backs. So if Jones can play, I think he can have a, have a good day. And Minnesota's also not good at defending the deep part of the field, according to DVOA on uh, ftnfantasy.com. They're 20th in the league at defending the past, I think, 20 yards. And Love is second in the league in average depth of target at 9.8 yards. So they could be susceptible to some deep shots to uh, Watson or Wicks or Reed.
0: Those would be the guys that I'd like to see the deep shots to. Anyway. Yeah, especially with it seeming like Musgrave is not going to play. For me, I also had exploitable weaknesses on the defense of the Vikings, and it's mostly just that their defense lacks talent. Um, I can say all, all I want about how Brian Flores is coaching a very good defense right now, but th- they just don't have a lot of horses back there. Specifically, their outside corners have been really struggling, Byron Murphy and Caleb Evans. Uh, pretty rough per PFF. They're currently allowing a 72% completion percentage into their coverage, uh, 51 receptions on 71 targets. They're allowing 11.8 yards per reception and 8.45 yards per target, which is really not good. Six penalties and just three pass breakups between them on the year is also really rough. Um, so there's some there's some weaknesses to be exploited there on the outside. Uh, and then you can move the ball against them, which is kind of shown by the success rate allowed. Uh, this is per RBSDM.com. Uh, They're 24th in the league in overall success rate allowed, right behind the Packers, actually, at 23rd. 24th in dropback success rate and 24th in rushing success rate. Uh, They do also have the 10th most missed tackles in the league per PFF. And then according to TeamRankings.com, they have the 25th ranked third down conversion rate allowed. Uh, So you can move the ball against them. Uh, You can get success on the ground and the passing game. You can kind of churn out yards. Uh, and then if they get you into third down, they're not exactly great at getting you off the field on third down. So there's some, certainly some exploitable weaknesses uh, in the Vikings uh, defense uh, and specifically their defensive personnel. Uh, but dad, let's move on to our next section, which is, I hope the Packers blank. I can see you've been clicking and clacking and adding a few things to this. Uh, yeah, but now I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that gonna, you're I'm... you're thinking of more hopeful things. It sounds <laughs> like you're about to delete it though. Yeah, I'm going to that, – that's uh, that's not uh, – Wish, Wishful not, thinking?
1: No, yeah, not not
0: going to happen? All right. Well, tell us what you are hopeful for in this game. Or sorry, not hopeful. What do you hope the Packers do? How do you hope that they approach this, this game? So I'm thinking about how can they turn
1: their first halves into how they're playing in the second half. And so some of that is to, I think, run more – Play action, I think, early in the game to try to jumpstart the offense. I think to try to get um, other things. Okay, I think they need to play with a little more tempo. I think one thing is they get kind of bogged down in the first half, and then when they start to when they fall behind, they pick up the pace and play faster. I think they do better. So it's, what? So it seems to be working later in the game, um, and and maybe have some you know not quite so slow developing plays, or just get and and maybe do a little bit more no huddle. To keep the uh, defense on on the field, not let them switch, and look for mismatches. That's sort of a general schematic thing. Uh, um, In terms of some individual play calling, I'd like to see them target Reed deep on some slot fades. He hasn't had that much opportunity, but his PFF grade on on the deep right, for example, is elite. And Minnesota's primary slot corner, Byron Murphy, has a coverage rate of only 50.8. And a tackling grade of only twenty nine point nine.
0: Have they had, have they had averages... Byron Murphy in the slot? I thought I, the listing that I had, the depth chart I was looking at on ESPN, had him outside most of the time. But if PFF has him taking more of his snaps inside, that that'd be inter- an interesting uh, check that I would want to. Uh, Let me just correct double there. check on that because that's what I was. Sure. While you, you want to continue... while you while do, do that, that will... once you go on to what yours are. I'll, I'll double check, make sure I got this right. Yeah, mine also is kind of thematically similar to, you know, wanting better production in the first half. But specifically, it's about allowing love to throw downfield. And we talked a little bit about this in the post game from the Broncos when we were just crying our eyes out, I guess. Um, But in the first game... Crying our eyes out, gouging our eyes out. You know, know, that game was kind of ugly. A little column A, a little column B. At least we don't need to watch it anymore. But the first half of the game against the Broncos, they, I just felt like they came out super tight with the play calling, just a 2.4 average depth of target for Love, uh, which led to an extremely poor negative .282 EPA per play and a 28.6% success rate, which are both abysmal. Uh, and then in the second half, they actually opened it up a lot and had an average depth of target of 10.1 yards, which corresponded to a vastly improved .291 EPA per play and a success rate of 54.5%. So just let him throw the ball. Like, just let him throw it downfield. I don't... No, I don't understand what the game plan was against the Broncos in the first half. Just throw it out. Get rid of it. It was not working. It was bad. It was miserable. But yeah, so that's the main thing that I'm hoping for in this game is just let Love, let him sink or swim. You know, just just let him rip it. Actually dial up some, some dropbacks. He, he was very, he, despite how, uh, much he struggled at times in that Broncos game, although overall I thought he had an okay game. He was very good on play action, uh, which like you said, I would like to see them use more. I think he was like nine of nine for, I forget how many yards on play action. Zach Cruz has a tweet about it that we've retweeted. I, I forget exactly, but 100% completion percentage on play action passes against Denver. Let's just do a little bit more of that. Let's make it a little easier for Love because I feel like at times it's just, it's it looks so difficult for the whole offense. And part of it's just they're not, players are not executing like, you have third downs where guys are running the route to the same place, and one of them messes up, and it's it's just messy. But you got to go down swinging. You can't be afraid to fail in just doing these little dump off passes and just going nowhere and scoring zero points against one of the w- worst defenses in the league in the first half. I mean, like it could not be it could not be worse. Is pretty much what I'm saying. Like in terms yeah. of how their first half performances have gone. So at least try something. Don't be afraid to take risks throwing it downfield. Don't be it's so like tight afraid to let Love
1: play in the last game. I don't yeah. know if they got over, over, an overcorrection. Yeah, so when I was looking up, it turns out that while among corners, Murphy has played the most in the slot among their listed cornerbacks, but actually most of the slot snaps are taken it's by their safeties. It's been Wanham, right? It's been want them, right? A lot? I think there is Cam Bynum and Josh Metellus.
0: Okay. Have taken the most slot snaps? Have taken the most slot snaps. Though Metellus also has is le- oh, has that's the most right. uh, one of their, I don't I don't know what I was thinking. I think Wanum's one of their edge rushers. I'm mixing up mixing up players. Um but do you yeah, want to so, finish so, what you were talking about?
1: But I do think there is a chance. Now, well I was gonna take about swiftly I has I think if 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 Murphy's lined up on him, because he's a lot faster than Murphy as well. I didn't get a chance now to look up uh, how fast Bynum and um Metellus are. But I think there's chance for, but they're weak, uh, the, that part of the field anyway, I think, t- no matter who it seems to be covering it. So I think there's an opportunity there. I also want to see um, Love get more freedom to change the play at the line. I thought it was particularly damning of Lafleur when he said after the game that they had play calls for the run in the beginning of the game, and they expected... A certain defense from the Broncos because of um, the alignment they were going to be in. They thought they'd be a nickel, I think. And when they weren't in the defense that they were planning on, they didn't have a mechanism to get out of the play. Basically, he admitted he got out coached. Yeah, um, yeah, in, in, in the game. So he he, he and he, they were prepared to do anything different. So I think they have to give Love a little more freedom. To change the play, it's like, oh, well, this play's a disaster. It's never going to work. I, but I have no option, so I guess we're going to run it. Yeah. Um, I would like to avoid that situation, please.
0: Yeah, no, that's I, – I I. don't think – you and I are kind of on the same page where it's like, I feel like they just need to let Love play actual real-life adult quarterback, and if he's bad, yeah. he's bad. It's time, take the tra- it's time to take the training wheels off. Yeah, Besides, you like- want to be able to evaluate him anyway, right? Exactly. Like take the training is... wheels off and, and and let him let
1: him go around and sling it. They keep yeah. telling him like, um, he needs to just
0: what let it rip. Yeah, and you you just gotta sink, let him sink or swim. Like we're not. What are we getting out of these like the first half one game yard passes? Time? Yeah, we're or, not getting or, out of this. Or running running into an what eight man box or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're, no one is benefiting from this, and Love plays better when he's allowed to throw it a bit more downfield. This is and, what happens. I think they fall behind. It's like, okay, well, I got nothing, no options but to uh,
1: let them let try to sling it to make a comeback. And that's when and we play our best offensive football. Yeah. So why don't you do that from the beginning? And he's like, we try, you know what? Let's try a novel concept. It's called learning.
0: You see something work better and then you do it more often. And and yes, he's made mistakes. Like that pick against the Broncos, bad pick. It's the Some of the picks against the, the Raiders, bad picks. But it, at the same time, it's like, He's a first year starting quarterback. He's gonna have some bad throws. It is what it is. Like, let him don't be afraid of failure. You're gonna fail anyways if you do that. Um but dad, let's move on to our next segment and let's talk about don't take your eye off that guy, which is either players we think that will be standouts in this game, players that we think will have massive impacts on this game, one way or the other. Who did you have for this one? Um, so I I what I wrote down in here
1: were the safeties. Uh, particularly, whoever is lined up deep, considering Cousins' success throwing to the deep middle of the field, Jonathan Owens is the likely second safety based on snap count so far this year. If, if it's not him, then whoever is there, keep an eye on keep an eye on who's, whoever's lining up deep as the free safety there. So far this year, his tackling grade has been very good, but his coverage grade is not as good, so he needs to be able to hold up in support and not let the Vikings get a deep score up the middle like they did against San Francisco. So he's somebody I would say, watch watch whoever's playing free safety, whether it's Owens or Ford or whoever else they put in there.
0: Yeah. For me, I, I think that's a very good one because, you know, the safety position already wasn't the strongest. I think they had been exceeding our expectations and we're starting to Ford lose has starters. Ford had a pretty good year. But, and Savage you know, has been fine. I, I think and been Savage fine. has had a better year than last year. Yes, I we'll say, say that. Better year than last year. Um, for me, though, the player that I'm keeping my eye on is Kenny Clark. Um, so since Garrett Bradbury, the Viking starting center, uh, was drafted in 2019, um, has gotten to Minnesota, Kenny has kind of abused that matchup and has had a lot of his best performances against Minnesota, and these are per PFF. Uh, In the seven games where Clark has played at least 30 snaps against the Vikings since 2019, he's averaging four pressures, half a sack, and two stops a game, uh, which are all above his normal averages over that span. So he has some of his better games against Minnesota. And oftentimes he is wrecking that interior, which is kind of something that you talked about um, in terms of a weakness for them. Uh, But yeah, so he's someone that I'm keeping my eye on because I think if he has a good game, that could kind of lay the pathway and lay the foundation to the Packers actually being able to maybe win this game. Um, Dad, what do you think, Kenny? I feel like, what do you think about how Kenny has played this year? I guess is my question. He hasn't been as he good hasn't this year. had that many splash plays, you know.
1: And I do remember games where he's just abusing, um, the interior offensive linemen in Minnesota. I was going to add, I thought about, it, but it went for a little bit more variety of throwing um Wyatt in here too might be his chance to really take advantage of his strength as an interior pass rusher um and Minnesota is a pass heavy team
0: yeah. so they'll there'll be more pass rush plays
1: where as, I think assuming
0: we can, we can keep it close is is the the caveat there but will they stop will they stop passing if they're up by a lot I would imagine so we gotta we gotta not get Annihilated in the first half. Remember, I think it's we are we at, at sixty three to six over the last four games in the first half <laughs> since the Lions game. I think it's not great.
1: Oh, um, did that include the the Broncos game? Maybe it did. Yes, That's it did. It was only six. nine
0: nothing and a half. It barely it barely mattered. But yeah, no, we're getting well, crushed just, in the first half. It was half only of this an game. infinite. It was only an infinite um, number of times as many points as we had. Yeah, I mean the point is we're losing these first halves to bad to really bad teams. The to Vikings teams. aren't a great team, but they're not. They're not Broncos, Raiders, or Packers-level bad, apparently. Apparently, we need to be mentioned apparently, in that same Apparently,
1: we, we need to be mentioned with the Broncos and Raiders. And as they in, might take offense as in, to that. As in mentioned with, as in, we couldn't beat either one of them. With a bye <laughs> in the middle.
0: It's, oh, but, it's so bad. I, I still was, think about it. All,
1: all I will say is they were on the road. I guess. And Denver had never,
0: has never, ever, ever started 0-4 at home. The first time for everything. That's such a random. That's such a <laughs> random tidbit. The fact they were 0 and 3 at home is. I mean, already the shows is, it already shows they're bad this year. The question is, what percentage of the times they went 0 and 3 at home did they like? I guess never. So zero percent. But how many times they actually go 0 and three at home? I guess is my question. But no, yeah, right. There, there may be like only three times that was ever even a possibility. Exactly. So it's like whatever, you know. But either way, Packers down in the dumps. Vikings not a great team, but better than us. Dad, let's move to overtime, though. When I hear Down in the Dumps, it's like, are we the trash compactor in Star Wars? Ugh, they make it out of there. I hope so. <laughs> I hope we are. They actually get that'd be, out of there. That'd be good. That'd be good news. They get out of there before yeah, they get crushed. Now we're just that weird little serpent monster, <laughs> we're little, around little out there. snake, little we, one-eyed little garbage monster swimming around. In there. We live in the filth. We are the. We are becoming the trash. It's like, have you seen Toy Story four? We're getting really off topic. Trash, trash, Trash. you're trash like me. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, that's the Packers right now to the Broncos, or that was the Broncos to the to the Packers, and now we're. we're I'm not
1: feeling quite so warm and cozy with trash as Forky was in uh, Toy Story Forum. I I, I hate to say this, this feeling that we're trash is not is not uh, a cozy feeling.
0: No, we're Woody. The, the Broncos were forky and they were like, trash, Yeah, we're trash. Um, But no, let's move on to our next segment, though, which is overtime. where We just kind of discussed some things that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about in that previous segment uh, or any of our previous segments, things that didn't quite fit. For me, uh, one thing that we just hadn't gotten a chance to mention is Daniil Hunter for the Vikings currently leads the league in sacks uh, with nine of them. He's only 19th in the league in pressures per PFF, uh, but it is something to keep an eye on and someone so to keep an eye converting on. Converting at a high rate, a very high rate, yeah. Uh, and is he I still going to be on the bike? Vi- is he still going to be on the Vikings by Sunday? That's a very good question. If they want to trade him before Sunday, the thing is they're three and four. It's not like they're blowing it up now. Like I know it's too bad. If they had lost the last game, maybe they would be. I I almost am happy they're not blowing it up because I <laughs> they're not going anywhere. I mean. It's fine. Like, not, don't let them get really picks. Go, They're not really yeah. going at it. Just, just, Who cares? just stay mediocre in the middle. Yeah, seven wins is, what is fine. This? Like, whatever you know. But no, so that's something I'm keeping an eye on. That we are you saying we're not? Yet. That's not where we're headed. Seven wins feels like a stretch. Although our schedule is not very hard, our schedule might be a little too easy um, because we, we play. Given, we are given a, a
1: really good schedule this year. Yeah, and we just cannot take advantage of it. So I far. mean,
0: that's the thing. Is like I look at I'm like, wow, we should really win these games, and then I have to be like, you lost. To the Raiders and the Broncos, back-to-back weeks. You, there are no games that should be considered gimmies. No game is a gimme anymore. Um, but no. So, uh, that's the thing that I'm keeping my eye on that I didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, where he lines up. Um, Zach Tom against him or Rasheed Walker against him. I'm a little more worried about Walker. Um, but Dad, uh, what is something that you didn't get a chance to mention yet that you wanted to talk about? So I'm going with something like pretty random.
1: Um, Minnesota is currently tenth in the league, giving up the. So they got the tenth most rushing yards to quarterbacks. So maybe Love can convert a couple more long runs against against the Vikings. We're going for, and I think they've been tr- actually doing it intentionally a little bit more the
0: last couple of weeks. They were definitely a designed run or two. Um, they they ran a couple recently. quarterback draws with various yeah. success uh, against the Broncos. One was that holding play that Elton had. Ah, uh, uh, which- looked... It, it almost worked. It, it got mean, a, it only. It got a lot of yards. No, it didn't. It went for four yards. Well, I mean, no, that one only went for four. Yeah, that's that not the one. Was, I'm that was of. nothing. I, that yeah, was the they, they had another other. one that was a bit more successful, but no, the Elton holding one only ended up going for like four yards. Um, didn't get. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah you, not great. You're right because it was
1: going to be second just and six, short. or
0: third and third and six, and, but, but only of like two yards
1: away from, but only two yards away from field goal range. Yeah, that was the thing. That was It was actually, you know, put us still on schedule. Yeah. To get a, get a field goal. That's right. That's why I felt good about that play until yeah. we got the minus
0: 10. Yeah. And then Not it great. all
1: just went right down the crapper.
0: Not great, Bob. Um, but yeah, that, that hold was brutal. Um, but, Dad, let's start wrapping things up here. We've kind of talked about all the things we really wanted to, um, but let's hit the bottom line. Um, Dad, the Vikings win if blank. So, what I
1: have is like the Packers can't stick with uh, Addison Deep. I, if they can't I, if they can't stick with Addison Deep, then it's going to be a very long day on defense, and and the Vikings could really run up a high score if he's running free in the in the secondary.
0: Yeah, for me, it's— and, and
1: part of that is whether or not Jair plays or can play or not.
0: Yeah, I I don't hate Douglas on him. I I think Douglas could could possibly handle that assignment, but you know we don't really have corners travel, so it's not not like yeah, we would Douglas be able to Douglas is having set a
1: pretty that. Douglas is having a pretty good year. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, for I mean, me, maybe does that does that hold up to the eye test anyway? My general, I
0: mean, looking at the numbers, I should say general, my general impression is I feel like Douglas is having a pretty good year, except for that Lions game, which he struggled. Yeah. um For me, a- a- uh, eighty-five point eighty-five point six coverage grade. It's not bad. Yeah, like uh, elite, near elite coverage grade for the season. For me, the Vikings win if the Packers can't force turnovers. I think that's like the only way the Packers do win this game is if they just destroy the turnover battle. They've only forced five turnovers on the year, which is pretty bad. Um, They're not making many plays on the ball. Um, But that's kind of how I could see the Vikings win. I mean, I just don't see many avenues for the Packers in this one. But, Dad, the Packers win if blank. So, basically, I'm thinking about creating turnovers. So, So, so far this season, Cousins has
1: seven turnover play turnover worthy plays basically one per game but only five interceptions in contrast to love's seven turnover worthy plays and he has seven interceptions so you're saying he's due is what you're yes. saying right right just like a slot machine you know, exactly. it's, it's or or i've i've flipped uh heads 10 times in a row it's got to be tails right very due for tails yes 100 very due for tails it's gonna happen Regression um,
0: of the those,
1: the, yeah the mean. those 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 um, it's 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 not an independent. If anything, it's the opposite. If you have got ten heads in a row, it's more likely to come up with heads the next time than tails.
0: Oh yeah, there's something, clear, wrong. There's, there's there's something, something wrong. There's clearly something fishy with that coin. about that about that coin. Wow, exactly. I, that coin is fishy. The math doesn't make sense. But anyway, um, yeah. I, I anyway, think they, so need to, they need to force turnovers if Green Bay on wins cousins. the
1: turnover. I think if Green Bay
0: wins the turnover battle, I think they'll win. You think? I think they need to win it by like two or three to win this game. Honestly, I think they need to like dramatically but just remember they've been
1: losing the turnover battle and
0: losing games so if they win the turnover battle that's a big difference but they've been they have not been playing teams that are any good the vikings are substantially better than the raiders or broncos i'd say they're substantially better than the broncos i don't know if they're substantially better they're substantial the raiders are terrible the raiders are horrendous they barely beat us and we threw three picks Like barely beat us, and they had the turnover on us, turnover margin on us by two, I think. Like, and they barely beat us. Yeah, no, I, I don't think the right. So if we don't lose the turnover battle so bad, we win. Yeah, nah. nah. So if we don't lose the turnover battle so bad, we win. For me, the Packers win if uh, Kenny and Wyatt can melt the interior of the line and make Cousins uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, I think they need to get pressure on Cousins, which kind of ties into what you are saying about him turning the ball over. I don't think he's just going to turn the... Well, actually, you know, we've seen Cousins sometimes just turn the ball over on his own, but I I think they're going to need pressure to really make him make those mistakes in order to give the offense a chance uh, with some good field position. And just to give a little context to that, under pressure,
1: Cousins' PFF passing grade drops from an 88.1 when he's not pressured to 61 when he is pressured.
0: Yeah. I mean, they just got to... And the thing is, like, he looked pretty good against under pressure against the, the Niners, but
1: yeah. Gotta. Every once in a while he'll have one of those games. He did a test a couple years ago he was, we're getting pressure and he still was making completions. Yeah, he was cooking out of his but, mind in that Niners but it game. Doesn't happen every time. Sometimes yeah. he gets pressure and he falls
0: apart. It's a little yeah, bit high variance. Yeah, you just gotta get pressure on him and hope for the best. But Dad, this is kind of wrapping up our preview for this Sunday game against the Vikings, and let's end it off with a score prediction. What do you got for us? So I can see I'm a little more optimistic than you, but I'm going for Green Bay 24, winning the
1: game 24-21. So Minnesota is scoring right on their median score, which is a little bit, just barely more than Green Bay's defensive median. So their points kind of make sense. So they get about 21. The hard part, of course, is getting 24 points out of our offense right now. But yeah. I'm going Green Bay 24-21. All We're at right. home. We're coming back home. We're coming back home. We're going to win. It's time to turn it around. We want the ball, and we're going to score, as
0: Matt Hasselbeck once said. <laughs> oh, that worked uh, out so well. Yeah, I know, right? Um, for me, I got I got it 24-14 Minnesota. I just I think the Packers are spiraling right now. And Minnesota with the way Minnesota looks against San Francisco, I'm a little worried they're starting to put it together. And they're there's better than us right now. And, and I, I just think they're a better football team than the Packers, and I would expect them to win this game. Uh, so you're but-
1: saying our defense isn't as good as San Francisco's.
0: You know, I know that's a very hot take, but yeah, I think I'm saying that. Uh, But anyway, thank you so much, listeners, uh, for coming and listening. Uh, We know it's always tough when the Packers are struggling, but we appreciate you coming and uh, commiserating with us, as we'll say. But we'll be here, win or lose, after Sunday's game, talking about how the game went hopefully after a win uh but come give us a follow on twitter at father so you don't miss when that episode comes out like we said we tweet out when we have new episodes articles we find interesting uh pieces of data we find interesting etc etc and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice whether that's apple google spotify we even put all our episodes out on youtube like we said come subscribe to us there It would really help our numbers thank you again so much for listening two episodes a week the rest of the year one episode a week over the off season and until next time go pack go go pack go